Hey everybody, welcome to the 36th episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast. And if you know uh, short division like I do, and that's basically where my mathematical skills stop, uh, we've been doing this for nearly nine months. Uh, and this uh, very uh, unmathematically cultured voice you're hearing right now is that of Bill Bodkin, your host of the episode, editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. I am joined this week, as I am nearly every single week, uh, by the saltiest man alive right now, reluctant managing editor of thepopbreak.com, Al Manorino. Hey, buddy. I holding up on this? Uh, we're recording this right before Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm thankful for you and this podcast. I'm not thankful for technology as a whole. I'm surprised you're thankful for me, but you know what? I'll take that as a big W for today. Yeah, I would. Happy early birthday to me. We are joined once again in this uh, limited special um, series, uh, Music and Mando, or Mando and Music, however way you want to say it, by the Chewbacca of not only this podcast and thepopbreak.com, but of my personal life. Lucas P. Jones, procurer of fine whiskeys and meats. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> so sad there for five minutes. <laughs> Lucas, I know this is the biggest eating holiday ever. Um, how are you getting prepared for Thanksgiving? Well, I did all of my Thanksgiving shopping today. I can confirm that no one in North Jersey understands what six feet is. Um, no. but Central, am... <laughs> neither, and we do exist. <laughs> Bastards. I am it goes it, it makes you wonder how bad it is elsewhere. But um I am prepared. We are gonna do a traditional uh lasagna appetizer around one o'clock. I'll be making my own pasta, my own sauce, hopefully my own cheese. God damn we'll see. Um nice. then we'll follow that up with uh some roasted chicken, little sweet potato brown sugar, um some stuffing homemade, and um an apple crumble for dessert. Very excited. I am I am doing the charcuterie board this year. I am very doing nice. soft pretzels. Inside the soft pretzels will be various Italian meats. I have a nice some nice provolone. I have some nice Irish cheddar. I have a uh, I couldn't find beer cheese anywhere for some reason. So I have like some cheese dip. I have some German mustard and honey mustard. Oh, ah, and my wife's uh, making the stuffing and she puts the breakfast sausage in there, the brown and serve. Game changer. Speaking of game changers, let's introduce this week's guest. He is not Gr Ken Grandpierre this week, who is uh, taking a little Thanksgiving hiatus. We are joined by one of my favorite people. You have heard him on this podcast, not this podcast, but podcast for the Pop Break before. He has been the host of numerous Christmas shows for Pop Break in front of many large Christmas trees. Uh, he is the co-host of the call on the shots podcast as well as honey take my side podcast with his lovely wife comedian botswanan lumberjack and all around bearded son of a bitch taylor allen welcome oh, to the podcast thanks so much that was the best introduction i've ever had and i will be joining both of you for thanksgiving dinner based upon <laughs> what you have said that you're making <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, man, <laughs> it's all good, of course. Yeah, uh, Taylor, of course. I, I'm. Oh, oh, oh. I was just going to put you over. Say, like, I, I am. 
I am thrilled that uh, that I mean, I'm not thrilled about this pandemic whatsoever. But like this is for me could not be better. I love my family like dearly, but I don't have to see them this year. And it's nice to just enjoy it with my wife and kids like just us. And it's it's nice. It's just a quiet little thing that we get to have this year, which is I think is a good thing. I, I don't disagree. Of course, Taylor is uh, both a musician and comedian. So if you see him around Asbury or the Greater Jersey Shore, you know, when everything is safe and everything is clear, go check him out. Hug. One of the best. Give oh, He's yeah. a hugger. He is such yeah, a hugger. hugger. But we are not going to be talking about warm hugs and all things from the movie Frozen. Although warm I'm thing. sure Taylor and I could. Oh, we of course, well, shout out to Melissa Jobin, former guest on this podcast. Al Manorino has rejoined us on video. He's still oh, wow. so mad. This is a very beardy podcast, by the way, today. Um, before we get into the episode, just want to do a little beverage call. So Lucas, what are you drinking today? Because you had a hell of a story. So I am drinking uh, Metallica's Blackened Whiskey. Let me find the batch number on that. It's batch uh, batch is 99. Is it batch 666? <laughs> it's so Lars' is, is batch, so is, no. Yeah, it's like is, something really soft and stupid. It's uh, So the different batches come with different playlists. The idea is that the, the, the barrels are all have music blasted into the barrel itself. Um, the, the idea is that the vibrations open and close the pores, which bourbon and whiskey people and, and really all aging people know is how the neutral grain spirits pick up its flavor and color. Um, it'd be I... so funny if, if they just had like Jules music blasting into the south. <laughs> oh, it, it would be the mellowest like, and like most, and most cerebral whiskey of all time. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it, yes, it's a little bit of a shtick. I think it's a good one though, because you get a playlist of eight songs to listen to it. This one that had Dire cool. Eve, one of my favorites. Oh, like um, it's good. It's like a brown sugar, toasted caramel, a little bit of walnut. Um, it's a different flavor profile that I'm used to, but that's a good thing. Change it up a little bit. Um, I like it. Go uh, buy it. Lucas, are you, are you a Metallica fan? I am a Metallica fan. They were the, the first it, concert I ever saw. Did does the playlist for you is the playlist like right on like are you a fan of this particular playlist? Yeah, I actually am um, because it's got um, all within my hands, uh, which is one of my favorite songs from Saint Anger because it has yeah. an acoustic version now. I like that. Uh, album. Yeah, that that acoustic version is really good. It's on Spotify right now. Yeah, it's it's super cool. Um, it's got uh, Moth into Flame, which is the song that they did with Lady Gaga. Um, which they got to get Lady Gaga on an album, like the whole thing. Um, oh, yeah. And then it's got uh, Dyer's Eve, Ride the Lightning, um, One, Sad But True, and It's Electric. Uh, wow. Dyer's Eve, fun fact, we tried to cover at a college coffee house, um, <laughs> but the drummer said that he couldn't play both that and Raining Blood back-to-back because of the bass bass. <laughs> so we had to pick just one. It simply cold. can't be done. It's <laughs> called Fire Your Drummer. Uh, yeah, right. If you can't do that, Taylor, um, you're getting fancy tonight, buddy. So what are you? Well, drinking? I was gonna just ask. Like, I knew we were doing the drink roll call, so I was gonna make mine quick because I'll be honest with you guys, I'm I'm gonna go make another one. Well, so go make it and then the roll call. As I I may I have it. I'm drinking an old fashioned. Uh, it's bullet bourbon, nothing special, but it's my go to uh, kind of uh, bourbon. And uh, that's it's delicious. Go refresh, and I'll speak to Al, and he'll be mad at me. Al, 
what are you drinking if you're drinking anything tonight? That's that's probably why I'm mad is because uh, I'm not drinking something uh, as part of uh, just the uh, complete uh, fuckery that is uh, this night so far. I forgot the microphone that I usually use, and then uh, I forgot to grab myself a beer. So a uh, little depressed on that end, but I will say the thing that's going to save it, save us from everything, I am making a dessert on Thanksgiving. Oh, do tell, my friend. Do tell. Yes. This is way better. So, than, although, I have to say, last week's Flaming Hot Cheeto Sweet Thai Chili Dorito uh, debate was fun. Uh, this was is good. how I'm, we're going to start every episode, which is like random food and drink shit. Yeah, uh, that's um, fun. Yeah, so what are you making, man? I'm excited. So, um, a few years ago, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the, uh, the uh, it's like a food blog slash like video series called Tasty. I think they're on oh, my yeah. BuzzFeed. Tasty's great. I know Tasty. Um, I made a couple of years ago. I made this like crazy like Reese's like death dish thing. Hey, yeah. So I wanted to go like I want to go different this year, and like as of like the last few years of my life, I've gotten really into like mint chocolate chip. So I'm making Ooh. mint chocolate chip cheesecake brownies. Mother, oh my god! What? Wait, oh. wait like a like a grasshopper pie brownie. What the? Let's see if I can. Jesus, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna send you guys a pic, dude. dude that is, I mean, chocolate chip is my favorite thing oh, in the world, and that sounds yeah. so good with the cheese, with the cheesecake it. and a brownie. That is, oh my, we should just God. turn this into a food podcast at this point. Might as well. Fuck the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk food, guys. Um, By the way, the after I eat like ten of those, that's gonna be me. No, you're gonna be me. I'll give you my prescription for for type two diabetes. Um, for type, uh, but um, I am drinking. Um, so, uh, real talk for a second. Um, I actually got to see my mom for the first time today. He's like, real talk for a second. I have diabetes. <laughs> well, I, I've made that joke wild. a million times. Um, wild mission. Uh, so yeah, I, my mom, um, this is the first time I've seen her in, uh, eight months. And, oh my God. Yeah. So she, uh, had cancer earlier this year, luckily in remission before she can't see her for the holiday. So she, you know, my daughter's birthday is on Thanksgiving day. So she brought up presents. We saw each other from the car, tried not to weep like a child myself. Uh, it was super cool. Super awesome. She's doing great. Um, awesome. But she brought me up some Diet Coke. She's like, I've had these in my, my closet for like, you know, for like a year. And it definitely. Like, Mom, t- I'm a big guy now. I drink whiskey. <laughs> oh, no. She she knows and hates every second of that. Um, usually on Thanksgiving is when Bill really dips into the whiskey because my mom just drives me up a wall. But uh, so I'm having really stale, really flat Diet Coke and uh, a lovely Irish whiskey called Fighting 69th named after uh. an American army regiment uh it's awesome go find her in hey, your local your mom man here's mom's I, I met her once she was a sweet sweet lady yes you totally said something off color on our st yes. patrick's day show and she's like yep that taylor he's he's got a mouth on him i'm like he's a great guy don't worry about it <laughs> i remember saying something and then apo- immediately apologizing to her yes that literally is the story of my life speaking of stories let's get into the podcast and a little segment we like to call the opening scroll, and what that is, is basically, as Al goes and disappears from the video, um, we are going to be talking about, um, sorry, 
I also get every editor on the site likes to message me during the podcast. So it's always like really frustrating when my phone keeps going off. Um, we talk about the plot of the episode. Okay, Al is still here. So I'm going to tell you guys about that. And then we're going to talk about, ask you a couple questions about how you think of the structure of the episode. So we are talking about The Mandalorian Season 2, but also called Chapter 12, The Siege, which is written by... Pardon me, showrunner John Favreau and directed by national. I'm just gonna say, Chubbs, national treasure, Carl Weathers. <laughs> um, and this episode finds uh, Mando and the child are you know on their way to meet Ahsoka, which we found out um, what in last episode. And we all know Ahsoka is going to be played by Rosario Dawson. But as we said on the last podcast where we had Ken and Rachel Freeman on, uh, we knew that they were not going to get there right away. However, uh, this episode finds the uh, repairs made by the Mon Calamari in basically Star Wars Southie Boston Harbor uh, did not really <laughs> uh, prove to be adequate and the ship is faltering. I mean, you remember the end of last episode, basically pieces falling off the ship. So they have to return to Navarro, which a lot of season one took place. Of course, this reunites them with Grief Karga, played by Carl Weathers, and the new Marshal, Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, uh, on Navarro. And Navarro is a much different place than when we last saw it. You know, it was kind of a... It was basically Tatooine adjacent, and now has become more of a, an enlightened area. The bar where we once saw all the bounty hunters in has now become a school. There's a thriving marketplace, which was once a, a rogues gallery uh, back alley where so many battles took place. And um, Mando's there to get his ship uh, fixed. However, Grief Karga, as he does needs Mando to uh, help him out. Turns out there is an Imperial base located on a different part of Navarro, and Grief is basically like, we need to take this out in order to have a fully peaceful planet. Well, things, of course, as they would be, are not as they seem, as this is not just some sort of random outpost. This is a science base, which we will get to. And is filled with things, and most importantly, it is filled with a lot of stormtroopers. And it's up to Mando, Grief, Cara Dune, and Mithriel, who is played by Horatio Sands, reprising his character from the premiere episode last year, uh, to uh, take everything down. And a lot of shooting and a lot of battling happens. Of course, we also see Baby Yoda eating space macaroons, doing space vomit and we will talk about him later but guys i'm going to start off uh that's basically the episode we're going to get into the whole thing a little bit later but i'm going to talk about the structure here uh taylor you're the guest you're going to start off us off first so make that swallow of that beautiful old-fashioned um did you expect us to go from you know last episode to ahsoka like how did you feel that about this like we're taking another diversion this time, but we're going back to familiar, uh, familiar people. I feel like I'm kind of used to the diversions with um, this show because that's kind of what makes, in my opinion, this show so great is that he's con constantly going on these little, uh, these little uh, 
will have you is where he's jumping around and, and trying to help uh, X, Y to get to Z. Um, so like every episode is it's a, it's a little mini adventure uh, to another place to help him get to the inevitable end. Uh, I felt like we needed to eventually see um, grief and, and, and uh, the, the gang again. So I figured that was coming soon. Um, and uh, it was fun. I, mean, I, I, I had my least favorite of the new episodes. Um, and then I watched it again. I think the first time I watched it, I may have been slightly intoxicated. Uh, the I watched it again today, and I was like, "This is probably my favorite episode of the of the new uh, episodes." Um, it's great. Like the the well, I guess we'll talk about the the rest of it later. But yes, we will, um, and yeah, I, I, I will I, I, be I, hopefully not too intoxicated to remember the fact that you said. So I, I guess no. I'll ask you right now. Why did it go from your least favorite episode of season two to your most favorite episode of season two within the span of one viewing? I think honestly, the, 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 the fact that I was probably drinking and like texting and, and half watching it was I missed, uh, like the whole chase scene, which I think like for me, this viewing made the episode, uh, like the whole dynamic of, um, Carl Weathers and Gina, like the, that whole, back and forth while they're and the ending of that um not just to, to spoiler alert oh, but like when mando I mean, comes in if, at you, the if end, you haven't like, seen that, this episode and you're listening it, to the podcast it's so yeah you're, you should not be listening to this but the, it's so corny like in a way uh how he kind of saves them it's normally like who's saving mando at the end like uh but now it's mando saving them and and uh baby yoda's got his hands up the whole thing i loved like i, I just like loved all of that and then like even the smaller things um baby yoda like doing baby yoda things throughout the whole episode specifically and the school will... stuff it's 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 amazing it's like it's like everything you like about the show in one episode is very uh compacted to to a great episode it was great joey what do you got for me yeah i mean it i think content wise it was great um I'm fine with the diversions. We went over that, I think, on my, my last appearance. Which was uh, um, uh, two podcasts ago, which is for the mm-hmm. second episode of the – which, Taylor, you were a big fan of that episode because you yes. love space creatures. That's, that's my mm-hmm. favorite episode. Besides uh, yeah. And it was uh, – you know, it's I, – I don't know if I mentioned it last time or not, but I'm, I'm trying to get through season two of Altered Carbon. And Altered uh, Carbon is – I never finished just, season one. You know what? It's and it was good. I single, just – yeah, but the problem is every single moment, every single second is dripping with significance, oh, and it's yes. exhausting. And mm-hmm. so I really enjoy like sitting down, like it's just, just in the middle of the afternoon. It's just fun. It's a yeah. great time. And this week, yeah. especially um, with uh, with weather's behind in the chair to direct the episode, my God, I was like a I was like a job. small schoolgirl pointing out all of the the set pieces and the design and like the aesthetics that I loved. Um. Al? Um, there he is. This episode was solid, man. I, I, I really wasn't expecting, um, I don't know why, but I wasn't expecting Carl Weathers to just knock it out of the park. Um, but everything about this episode was great. I, I, I said to you when, uh, you know, because this podcast started with our Facebook Messenger conversation, I messaged you and I said, um, this might be the best Baby Yoda episode yet, um, <laughs> which is coming, which is really strange coming from director Carl Weathers, yeah. um, because again, you're you're expecting big action set pieces, and there was it was really just a solid like it was reminiscent of 
a few of the episodes we've seen before. Um, I, you know, I love the team up between uh, conservative Cara Dune and oh wow, we just slipped that one in. Uh, I always like them teaming up. They're uh, you know, Mando's better when he's around people. And there was just a lot to love about this episode, things that I didn't even catch the first time around. Uh, something that was like uh, on social media was there's a, a statue in uh, honoring IG-88. Which in, like, you the sent to me on, on a Facebook message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which there's is also, amazing. There's also something else we'll talk about, a, a certain cameo. Should um, I, I'll bring it up. Should I share with you that right now, something that I have about that? Or should uh, what, we this, not get into no, that? No, no, we'll get it. Don't worry. We'll get into okay. it. Okay, we'll get to it. Um, I get, um, okay, let me, let me pivot for a second. Yeah, sure. uh, so Al, I'll start with you. Uh, we talked about this on the first episode of this podcast. Do we get Ahsoka in the next episode, or is she going to be in like the latter two episodes? Is the next one directed by Dave Filoni? Uh, I believe it is, and I will tell you. And yes, even on. if it's a glimpse, we're getting her. If Filoni. Filoni is 100% directing episode five, which airs on November 27th, which is uh, Black Friday. Yeah. So I believe we get, I get, I believe we get it because he's either the creator or co-creator of the character. He actually, um, for, for the super comic book nerd in me, he, uh, his, her first appearance is in the, uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars comic series that they did it was like only like a you know like 15 or 16 issues whatever it is but there's a very expensive now variant cover that he did the artwork for which is pretty crazy um yeah i there's no way that he does not put you know have his has his hands not involved with the the introduction of that character i just Uh, can't see it magnum ta what do you got for me it's a that's a wrestling reference you might not get but i'm saying it I love it. I, I hope I hope uh, it's it's happening. I mean, I think like uh, just the casting alone, they I feel like they absolutely. How could you not pick her to be uh, like? I mean, it was perfect casting. Um, and I hope that yeah, the next episode. I I, I would think that yes, she's gonna be in it. And uh, I just feel like this show is. I I I keep saying like I keep watching this show and it's so good and like it's got such a like a niche kind of like. Um, it's 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 its own thing, and like in this Star Wars universe, it's hard to be your own show. And like this show can, it, it's so Star Wars heavy, but it also exists completely on its own. If you, uh, it's just like such a wild um, show, and I feel like it's, I'm excited for her to be on it, and and she's got like a lot to bring, so I'm sure they're gonna use her heavily because she's pretty intense. To extrapolate off that, so my six year old, soon to be six year old. Uh, turned six on Thanksgiving Day. Um, does not know much about Star Wars. She likes Ray. And let she, my let my six and a half year old school her, please, because she is obsessed what, with Star Wars. When when this play when this pandemic is over, they're going to be best yes. friends. Oh, I hundred yeah, percent yeah. agree. We're doing sleepover. It might be sleepover time. We don't know. Well, it, probably. I'm um, talking about. I'm talking about you and I. Yes, our- I mean, I, that's what I assumed. Um, yeah. But, you know, she can watch The Mandalorian. She only knows Ray. Ray said hi to her at Hollywood Studios. Freaked out. Loved it. Um, nice. But she understands what this what this is. and how She doesn't need to know the Skywalker saga. She doesn't need to know any of that. 
Right. She loves this. She knows the Mandalorian. She knows Baby Yoda. Yes. She knows. She understands it, and she will watch it. And uh, so, yeah, you're right. It, it does exist very much on its own, which is, excuse me, very hard. And something we've talked about in numerous podcasts before about how it's like this touches on Star Wars history, but very much stands on its own. Sure. LPJ, what do you got for us about uh, Ahsoka? Because I think Ahsoka yeah. is basically going to be like the end of the next episode. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the very end, they finally get to her. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little more in the in the middle. I I kind of picture her as like a, um, like a, a another Cara Dune where it's like halfway through the season she shows up, and then it's kind of a main focal point. I mean, obviously the character is a little not to say it's more important, but the character has yeah. definitely been teased a little bit more and more central to the story. Um, so I I think it's it would be a waste to go through all of this. It it would be a, um. And of course, I can't even remember that. It would be like a Captain Phasma level waste to not have a Ooh. bunch of Ahsoka Tano in this season because then there'd be no point to it. I mean, so I'll, be I, o- I'll be honest with you. Like, mm-hmm. Phasma was such a disappointing character. The worst. The whole the whole trilogy's got awful. But I mean, I don't agree with that. And that's a podcast for another yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but the, Phasma that's... was definitely. This week is also going to be the longest episode, second longest episode of the series. Wow. So I think that leaves a little is extra it, room. Well, are, we the, t- are we touching an hour in this episode or forty-five minutes? Well, because okay. the because the premiere episode was close to an hour. It's like fifty-five, right? It yeah, but that. had a bunch of intro stuff in it. Right. So. Yeah. I right. mean, also Timothy Oliphant needs all the time in the world. So good. <laughs> so give that man a spinoff. Oh, it, dude! If that happens, I know Al, you will be there. Day one, grand opening. Um, He's a big Scream 2 fan. Big girl girl next door fan. Big uh, one random episode of Sex and the City fan, uh, which I always like to reference. Um, So that, uh, speaking of Timothy Oliphant, what a great special guest he was. That brings us to our next segment. The Force is strong with this one? Um where we discuss the special guests on the episode. Of course, we have three of them at this time. We have Carl Weathers, we have Gina Carano, and we have uh, Horatio Sands, who I nearly called Bobby, uh, who I nearly called Bobby Moynihan, um, <laughs> who's just on every cartoon I watch ever. We are bears, ducktails, because we cannot go a podcast without talking about ducktails. Um, so, well, let's start with uh, the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, uh, Carl Weathers. For me, I'll start it off because I'm a selfish bastard. I love how we tra- how Carl Weathers, who directed this episode, um, also turned Grief Karga from being like a conniving son of a bitch into the Lovable. best grandpa ever. Yeah. Like he, he, like it he, was the. It was the chin hair, the 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 color of the chin hair. That's yeah. what did it. He he became everything we wanted and more. Um, but Taylor, so we you you jumped in there. It's like how? What was your take on Carl Weathers, especially for this like kind of jump of characters from him being like this very greedy, self centered guy? Obviously, we saw evolution for him in the finale, but now right. he's like the head of this almost right. I wouldn't say utopian, but like very much a Renaissance era Navarro. 
Yeah, I think like um, my so right off the bat, my two like we mentioned Horatio Sands before as uh, what was what's his name on, we'll, the, on we'll, this episode? We'll get to him. He's Mithriol. Okay, so 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 Carl Weathers. Uh, for me, it was like he was when he took Baby Yoda in this episode and and put him in the school. Um, I was nervous because I was like, I remember what this asshole did before. Like this guy was like, he was not the most like uh like trustable dude around yeah, town yeah. um and now like he seems to be and and it seems like uh with the marshal uh quote unquote like she like he seems to like have a good handle on things around that area so i feel like they kind of established like all right this guy is uh he's a different guy he's he's kind of like you know he, he it, it's not like he learned his lesson because he lies to the rebellion at, at some point, but he also like, which was like a great call great. to like like all procedurals ever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, listen, officer, I'll call you if something <laughs> yeah, yeah, turns up. Yeah, like, like, I'll let you know if I hear anything. Like, yeah, it was very, it was great. I was waiting but, for like, Jerry Orbach like, to like walk that out. Look of him shows you like okay, like he's on Mando's side now, or so it seems for the moment. So right now, I, I like what where what's going on with him, Al. What what do what do you think of uh, Carl Weathers in this episode? Oh man, my boy Carl Weathers, we got a stew going, baby. Um, uh, it's I, like again. you can't you can't talk about Carl Weathers without talking about two things: the yeah. muscly hand the muscly <laughs> handshake and right. a great stew. Yeah, you got a stew going. Um, no, I he was one of my favorite parts of season one. Um, he chewed the scenery so much. And again, like we talked about it a lot last week is like star Wars. Isn't it just about like blasters and lightsabers and, and the force it's there's uh, the reason I feel like it's real. Like the, the reason I feel like I, I get absorbed into it is because it just, it feels like the real world in a crazy place and right? in, a, in a, an outer space, kind of like different area. Right. So like bringing that humor and the fun to it, like, I didn't expect it, I guess, from Carl Weathers, I guess just because of how long I haven't watched Arrested Development, but like seeing him on screen and interact with Mando and Baby Yoda is just like, it brings such a levity to the show that like is so needed because there are some very, very dark moments and, um, you know, silent moments and, and somber moments too. So it's like having him, his presence just like lights up the room and like, you know, when he starts talking, like you're, you're in for a treat because he just, again, choose that scenery to a degree that is like unmeasured on. I love him. I love him so much. He's, he gets funnier and better in every episode that he's in. Agreed. Uh, but let's talk about the character for one second. Like we saw him as this like kind of duplicitous guy makes a stand with Mando at the finale and mm-hmm. now is like running like this very civilized, very good intentioned culture. Did that seem like a jump to you at all? No, I I, I just saw I, I saw him in the first season as you know like the typical like entrepreneur, right? Like just trying to just make ends meet in a shitty place. Once Mando, you know, got rid of um, you know the um, the empire or the the remnants of it there, right? It just like he saw an opportunity where he's like, I'm not going to just keep the status quo. I'm going to make the status quo. Like, I think he he realized that, you know, if the if Navarro was thriving 
he would thrive. Like it would just, it would just make monetary sense for him. Like the guy is a, a strategist, a funny strategist. He's a funny strategist. I wish we had more of them. Uh, especially since <laughs> Al and I worked in, in polling and politics. Um, yeah. Lucas, what do you got for me? Um, I mean, I, I like the character. I think the character is really well developed. Um, it is. I don't think the switch happened that quickly. I think it's. I think it's something that we we don't. We need more of. We we need more of the the Apollo Creed switch, right? Where yes. just with like very little is. explanation, like the the bad guy is now a good guy. And I mean, yeah. the, he's really managed to play with the humor of his character from Predator, and the yeah. seriousness of Apollo Creed. He's merged into this like beautiful. Oh, yeah chaotic neutral which is <laughs> which is just like this just like there's no good and evil there's just what's working for him um and someone who like definitely doesn't like the space cops uh nope, so right. like it's i think i think it's perfect i think it's a, it it makes sense it's not too like too jumpy it's not too all over the place it's just you know it's just a guy trying to try a guy trying to make his way in the universe that's it and if he can find a better option that, you know, maybe he was just, you know, if you want to talk about the empire, like, sure. Like maybe a lot of people had to do things they didn't want to do just to survive under the empire. Now that the empire is gone, they can do what they really want to do, which is apparently be a space grandpa. And then let's get into, let's get into Gina Carano, Cara Dune, the character with the most controversy around her, because, well, let's face it in real life, Gina Carano, she said some things, some things that were most uh, disagreeable to a lot of she, social media. She a Trumper, or it's... oh, she she said some things that have been alleged to be very transphobic, to be very uh, tr- let's say right leaning. So, Lucas, okay. I'm going to start with you uh, being the most savvy politically of all of us. <laughs> um, sorry, Taylor, um, but it's. Uh, what did you think? Did any of the real life stuff with Gina Carano impact your viewing of the episode? And just talk about your, you know, Gina Carano in this episode and how you felt she did. So Gina Carano is a is great. She's a great actress. She plays her roles well. Um, she, I think, fits you know every single archetype of the character they're trying to play. She's the perfect cast. Uh, casting option for this um it's a shame about all the other stuff i can get past the stuff about the masks i can get past the stuff about the voter fraud to an extent Mm. um i i cannot really jive with the whole transphobia thing um i certainly draw my line there um but at the same time like so i was a huge fan of house of cards and that show went through just yes you know the nightmare i personally can sort of separate art from artist um i know a lot of people can't and that's fine with me like i under i completely understand that um so but and it's a shame because she's so good in this role she absolutely nails it she's clearly dedicated to the physical and the the acting aspects of the role um you can't recast her you can't recast the character, I don't think, at this point. No, um, you can't. You, but you, you definitely should treat it better than the way House of Cards treated. Um, I don't even remember his name. Um, 
Kevin because Spacey. Kevin Spacey because the end of that show was just god awful. So you just if you're gonna get rid of her, you got to commit to it. But I think it I think it truly is a shame because she is so incredible in the role. Um, Al, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I think Lucas kind of nailed it. I don't want to I don't want to retread, but um, sure. you know, I I find it harder to separate the art from the artist when the artist continuously fucks up and is like shitty, right? Like, so take Kanye West, for instance, right? Kanye was never a really good person, right? And like I'll, I'll the whole Taylor like, Swift thing. Just yeah, putting, putting it out. Like I just Taylor don't want to be thing, <laughs> Oh, no. The, t- the whole Taylor Swift thing was kind of the, the starting off point into like him just becoming publicly, you know, yeah. unstable is a good word to say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know what? Listen, I like Taylor Swift and I, I, I'm going to still like Kanye's music. And then, you know, it just got like harder and harder and harder, especially in the last four or five years to like want to root for the guy. And I feel the same way about Gina Carano. Like I'm starting to not want to root for her because if everyone's public facing now, right? Like everyone has this, you know, this online presence and they can choose to amplify it or not. It's not responsible. If you're a multi billion dollar studio like Disney to have someone who is very, very public with certain, you know, uh, views mm-hmm. that are hurtful to, a, a, a you know, a huge majority of people. Yeah. Um, and have her be on a show that is geared towards like kids and young adults and right. kind of all ages, right? Your your right. your child, you know, Bill is watching Mandalorian. Yeah, I there mean, was a and, star on that show that is like just like continuously not being a yeah, continuously not being a good person. And and I can tell I, you that I I mean I have a niece who's turning twelve, and she has a trans friend in school, and I mean. If you're a Star Wars fan and you're watching this, yeah, we're seeing this in more publicly and more more you know not pervasively, but more throughout the the country of kids identifying as trans and for people to watch the show and to know that Cara Dune doesn't really approve of you. That's really she bad. Drive with it. She doesn't drive with it, and it's that's bad. And he, that's something like you know that could be very hurtful to a lot of kids in a very very developing stage of their life. I yeah, totally agree. And there's more kids now, like my niece, who are going to be like, if you're not, you know, if you don't support trans people, you can go fuck yourself. And those right. kids are For right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to look quite. I don't want to like dwell on this too. But oh, like, I know. I, I get it. But I just, it's... I just feel like if if you were like say a white actor on the, it could be it could be the Mandalorian. It doesn't even have to be white. But if you're an actor on the Mandalorian and you're just like openly racist on Twitter, like I'm pretty sure you'd get fired, right? That's it. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's just like I feel like the. Um, that's you know, how the, good she is. 
Yeah, right. No, I mean, yeah. this was also filmed way <laughs> before. Well, it's Olympics. it's it's all math for the mouse. That's right. that's all it is, right? It's right. it's the dollars and cents, and yeah. who can they offend while still keeping the popularity contest? Sure. And that's what it's been for all these companies, right? It's they didn't support yeah. it until it became profitable to support it, right? And so the only reason you're going to get them to change anything is to stop supporting it. So I have a feeling she'll eventually leave the show. She won't get the spinoff, um, and you know. Rightfully or, so. Repres- Representation is really important. Or, or she'll, you, she'll change her tune. Or she'll yeah. do the public mea culpa. Which Jeez, is what yeah. I I think we're past that now. That's the thing that that's why right. I, I think that was my initial point was like, why wouldn't why wasn't this like nipped in the bud after, you know, right. the first time? And I just think that's strange to me. Um in a post I don't know, well everything I mean, that's happened in the last like three years. Well, specifically. I mean, you also had I mean Sorry, Al, I'm just going to say, you also had 70 million people who voted a certain way, so they're not going to see it that way. So, I mean, that's probably why it wasn't totally nipped in the bud, uh, I think. That's just my theory. Um, uh, but, yeah, it is very hard to separate that art from the artist. It, it, mm-hmm. And a lot of times, especially nowadays, and especially, like you said, Al, repeated. A one-time statement, it's a one-time statement, but... Yeah. When you keep saying it, it's very hard to get past. So, Taylor, you, you have a lot to say about this. I just think, uh, you know, I, I had no idea that she did any of this. I, ha- I, I I would assume she's an ultimate fighter, so she probably has some strong views on uh, <laughs> gender and, 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 and things like of that nature. But uh, I, I, I didn't know any of this, so I'm I'm being now educated and uh, I'm my my uh my initial thought is like hey man like um fuck this lady i don't know <laughs> like no, it's, it's just like let's 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 uh i don't know like like is she yes is she great in this role is she is she uh the perfect person for this role yes of course she is she's amazing um but goddamn like like you, you know bill cosby was great too in his role and he is a piece of shit like you you can you can be both things. So I don't know, like maybe I'm not, you know, uh, equating her to Bill Cosby, but like, don't be shitty. Like, I don't know. No, I just I, real, real quick, Bill. I do think that at the end of the day, her, her character is not so important that it's, it's, you know, she's a great character, great actress. Uh, she, the character's great, but the character is not so important to the show that the show won't go on sure. without her. It's, Absolutely. You know, I was doctor, just thinking about that. It's like, if you yeah. think about it, like, uh, any Doctor Who fan out there, uh, you know, Captain Jack was such a great character. We're mm-hmm. getting spoilers. We're getting him back for the Christmas special. But Al, how long has it been since we've seen him? A decade? Too long. Yeah. So it's Way like, so 10 years since we've seen a great character. Right. If Cara Dune stopped existing in The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian would keep going. Would continue, mm-hmm. right. You know, yeah, so as as I that think sweet little, that sweet little cute little baby there, we're, we're good That's to it. go. <laughs> that might and like legit, this could be the last time we ever see Cara Dune in the Mandalorian. I mean, I do I think that no, she'll ah, probably be in it. She'll be she'll, around. She'll be in another episode or two this year, sure. but maybe not going forward. And the Mandalorian won't suffer because of her, because like like you said, cute baby Yoda. We love Mando, but yeah, let's talk about Horatio Sands. That is our next and final big guest star of the episode. Of course, uh, we did hear the voice of one Giancarlo Esposito, and we did see him in this episode. But, you know, 
we've seen him in a couple episodes. He is basically, in my opinion, and guys, you can disagree with me, he is regular cast at this point. Um, he's the big bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will talk about, in a few, in a few, about some of the stuff we saw with him and uh, stuff that was referred to him in some, uh, some stuff. We saw Horatio Sands return as the Mithriol which I keep thinking is Mithrir, which was like basically the armor in Lord of the Rings. Um, so sorry about that. I keep confusing it. But Horatio Sands, like he returns after episode one. We hadn't seen him. A nice little cameo. But he's heavily involved in this episode. Alan, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on Horatio Sands in the episode? Um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm going to get confused. Is this the... Um... The returning uh, pilot, the X-wing pilot, or is this the uh, the guy he, from season one? He is from season one. Oh yeah, and he is yeah, the I first was, guy that he was put in yeah. carbon. And one of the only times we've seen in Mando where someone is put in carbonite. Yeah, no, I, I was a, uh, I was kind of surprised to see him. Oh, then again, let's. I have to preface this, um, and this is a future reference for anyone who watches television, especially episodic television. Don't watch the previously on for any show ever because it spoils anything that's going to happen in the episode. Yes. Like it literally says previously on. Let me show you this random moment from season one. Oh, look, he's back. Yeah, you, you, you blew it. Like you, you told me what, what's going to happen, right? The same thing with putting the guest stars in the opening credits. Same concept, like dumb. Like, why are you doing this? Sorry. As a weird tangent. No, but it, 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 it needs to be like, said. I get it. I get it. I, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I never understood that. But anyway. Well, it's um, because I thought it was... people will forget, I guess. But it does ruin things. But that's the point. Yeah. I, anyway. I know. I know. Um, I, I I enjoyed uh, seeing him again. I thought the character was, you know, fun for the, the brief time that we got to see him in the in the first um, in the first episode. I, I wanted to see more, like nothing against him, but I just wanted to like, I feel like I wanted to be introduced to more of the people of like new Navarro. Like we get later, we see in the school, like, uh, baby Yoda, the child, um, interacted with, with like another kid, but we really don't get to see a lot of like new, we see a lot of like actually old. We see, um, later in the episode, we get to see, um, uh, the hologram of the doctor who was performing, um, you know, uh, and uh, we don't know, we didn't know at the time, but he was taking uh, the child's blood um, and for, you know, reasons unknown at this point. But, you know, we were seeing a lot of that, a lot of stuff that we'd already seen before. I'd love to have seen more new Navarro and specifically I don't know if we're going to get into it at all, but have you guys seen like the, the, the one of the big rumors that was circulating about a character being introduced in this sh- episode? No. So there's a, a very popular Star Wars character that was introduced in the comic books, I believe, first um, in 20, uh, 2015's Darth Vader series the from Marvel when they uh, bought the rights from Dark Horse. There's a character called Dr. Aphra who is um, super, super popular. Lucas, I'll, I'll send you a picture because you're looking at me like I have two heads. But um, basically, it's this girl, Dr. Afra, 
There is a rumor that the actress Katie O'Brien, who um, is seen as one of like the imperial uh, um, guards or whatever in the episode, um, is her. And there was there's been a long rumor that the one of the new shows for Disney Plus is going to be a Doctor Afra series. Um, she is gaining a lot of popularity in the comic realm um, uh, for Star Wars fans and, and comic fans alike. So um, that is something that I did want to bring up because it's newish, if it's true. Um, but yeah, Katie O'Brien's been in shows like Z Nation and Black Lightning, Westworld. Um, but people people notice the similarities between um, the actress and the character of Dr. Afra. But wanted to bring that up. Um, yeah, I thought Horatio Sands was fine. Uh, it's good seeing him again. And uh, I just want to see more new stuff. Give me, Stop giving me recurring characters. I want to see more new. Lucas? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a good character. I, I kind of see him going forward as, like, for the Archer fans, the Krieger of the show, <laughs> where he might be in an episode for, like, two minutes, but it's it's hilarious and it's perfect, and that's it. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, I think it works well because, again, like this episode is it's an 80s movie. So it's a balance between the humor and the seriousness and the action. And so you need those characters that are that are funny. You need those characters that are just like the, not the sad sack, but like the I'm getting I like I I wasn't even supposed to be here today. You need that character. And I think he's perfect for that. I look at it like um, I'll be in the minority on this one. Um, I don't know. I felt like when is he going to betray everybody? Like it just felt too like he's setting people up. And maybe that was a bit of a red herring for later in the episode. But I don't know. Like I liked it. But it was like they depended so much on this guy and never really explained like why are you depending so much on this guy? Like why does he have to – burn the door open. Why does he right. have to like, you know, uh, deep six, the, the code the, in right? the lava thing, you know, it's like, why him? Why is it him? You know, Mando has a jetpack on, he could like literally float over, turn the lava coolants off and we're good to go. And it's, I don't know. It felt a little forced to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate the character. I don't love the character. Uh, Taylor, what's your thoughts as you've now returned? I, I, I think, like, uh, for me personally, I identify, like, if I were on, and I'm a comedian actor, so, like, I want, want to do things uh, like Star Wars in my lifetime, and uh, I would identify most with Horatio's character in this, or, like, Moff Gideon's janitor, or whoever I could somehow, like, become in this world. But I feel like uh, Horatio's character in this is, is, I can identify with this guy. He's a piece of shit. He's he's a... Uh, a guy that is just like around and they used him. To, they're like, here, you, you do this. Um, and he was funny. And like, uh, like Lucas said, like he, he was like the guy that um, was there for the, like kind of like the eighties, like he was there for the laughs and, and you needed that guy. Uh, so I was fine with it. Like I, th- I thought it was good. I was happy to see him again. I thought he was good in the first episode when he like uh queefs out of his neck, like in the beginning of the episode, when he sees man, though uh, i thought that was great uh that was super funny and like and like a lot of his little he's like i hate uh uh lava and fire or whatever like that one scene where he's like i just hate like all these things like it was it was funny it was great i liked it i'm i'm, I'm here for horatio 
Awesome. So yeah, there was a lot of guest stars in this one. So let's move on to uh, stop, Baby Yoda time. There was a lot of Baby Yoda in this one. A lot of cute, or maybe not, depending on your tastes. Um, Taylor, start with you. A lot of Baby Yoda in this one. What did you think of how he was in this episode? Was it too much? Was it overkill? How much did, uh, let's talk just about Baby Yoda, the student, Baby Yoda, the cookie stealer, Baby Yoda, the right. uh, lover of thrill rides, it seems. Yeah, I, I think like, uh, I think I hear people um, shit on Baby Yoda a lot because of him being so cute and they're like, Star Wars is Disney now, it's, it's, it's bullshit. Um, I am very much against that idea. I think that um, Star Wars was always cute. I think that, uh, you know, uh, Ewoks are cute. I think that original Yoda is cute. Uh, I think that, like, Star Wars always had the Muppet kind of, like, um, uh, uh, sensibility to them. So now that with Baby Yoda, I think that, like, yes, they're obviously, like, reaching to make him super cute. And he is. He's a goddamn adorable. I think in this episode he should. Shows it. He uses his little uh, his little Jedi trick to get the cookies. It's adorable. It's it's funny. It's fun. And and the beginning of the episode, the way that the episode starts is with him rewiring the thing inside uh, uh, the ship, and it's so great. It's great. Like this is why we signed on to this show. Like it's it's fun. Um, it's funny. It's cute. And like and there's also like an insane. Um, amount of craziness in this episode so like it balances out so like i i I, i'm here for baby yoda i think it's fine and i love it and i thought he was great in this episode it was was a heavy uh baby yoda episode as a parent like i feel like we've all been there with the no yeah no put this there no you're talking like to your child like an al you might want to chime it on this shelf yes yes, totally (laughs) Al, if you want to chime poop in. in. Poop in this toilet, it's not like, on the floor. Yes. It's just like you've talked to your child as though – oh, Jesus. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop that. Um, as an adult, be like, okay, I need you to, to do this. Now just – no, no, no. Not that, but do this. And you're just like, this is an infant or a toddler and – Go potty in this thing, not the couch. Yes, yes. We've all – yeah. Al, as a as you have the youngest, well, not a Taylor. You actually have the youngest, but um, Al, you you can. Uh, did you feel seen at all with this episode? Oh my! <laughs> Listen, just put the red wire where the blue wire goes in. Forward. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's um, all you got to do. This was like again. I think I, I I said it before. Like I leave it to Carl Weathers to uh, direct the best Baby Yoda episode. Like it has some of the best sure. moments from the show. I mean, I think we can. I think we can all agree that probably top two, top three is him sipping the tea. For sure, uh, right? I think like the After other the one fight. would have to be the smiling on the speeder where IG88 is just murdering yep. people left yeah. and right. And yeah. then, and then I would say like number three is also a Carl Weathers adjacent one with him uh, doing doing the thing, and he's like, hi. <laughs> do the uh, hand thing. Do the hand thing, and it just waves. Oh man! Um, but again, these are some of fine moments for Baby Yoda. We have the that uh, I guess cold open of of him trying to rewire <laughs> so the good. razor crest, which is great. Uh, leave it to a fifty year old baby to try to uh, you know learn uh, 
I don't know, electrical engineering. Uh, that was fantastic. And then, you know, we, we talked about a lot in the last episode about how he's growing, he's learning, he's, he's um, learning from his surroundings and everything. And um, I thought it was fun to see him interacting again with kids, uh, kind of with the knowledge that he's learned. And I think he's learning too much from dad where it's like, oh, you're not giving me the thing I want. I'm going to take it. And I think that's pretty interesting to, to was, see him kind of dick. Yeah. I mean, I agree that kid was a dick. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think he's learning from Mando that, uh, you know, if, if you're not going to give me the thing I want, I'm going to just take it from you. Um, seeing him oh, on hi. his sugar high, like enjoying the, the razor crest ride was amazing. And the, 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 perfectly perfectly timed throw up made it like yes. that made it one of like my favorite episodes it was perfect like, yeah take out everything else from this episode and you leave that in and i'm still saying it's like a top 10 episode it's yeah. so fun uh yeah so much baby yoda uh and uh some would say not enough uh luke what did you think yeah i i mean it's it's perfect Right. Like we all know that Star Wars fans are a the most toxic fan base currently alive and b the the hardest to please. So like who's got time for the old fogies? And might I draw your attention to nearly every other piece of Star Wars content created for cinema and TV when they say like Baby Yoda is too cute. It's like I could I could sit here and pinpoint Every single moment in every piece of televised Star Wars content that's cute. So I don't even want to hear it. Um, Baby Yoda's great. The cold open was one of the best things on television. Um, I was laughing hysterically. And then the episode hadn't even started yet. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Agreed. It it was. Yeah, it's it's great. It's really well done. It's not over the top. It's not forced. All of these cute moments fit with the story. Um, And. I'm I'm pretty excited to have it keep going. I mean, I love I love the physical prop. I will I will sit through a lot of things if I get physical props because Al, you've heard me complain about the really poor use of CGI in the new trilogy. Um, so I really enjoy the physical props wherever I can get them. I watched the behind the scenes of Mandalorian and I saw the giant circle screen room and it's the coolest thing ever. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm all here for Baby Yoda. Anybody who doesn't like Baby Yoda um, can can buzz off. I I like you know what like watching. I think one of the things I loved about this episode was watching Baby Yoda um, in in the Razor Crest with his arms up, being like we. And then yes. after all the excitement was over, puked because yeah. I'm just like as, as a father would tell you, children will love stuff and they'll show you they love it. By puking everywhere. By puking. I also felt a little bad for Baby Yoda. Like, when he got into class, everyone was, like, chittering and chattering about him. He looked different. He was different. And yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I feel a little bad. <laughs> like, you know. But he got his revenge with Space Macarons. So, like, yeah. what can I tell you? It's, it's an interesting contrast to the complete opposite. Of, like, um, the, the episode when they're on the planet and they're in, he's interacting with the kids and they're, like, obsessed with him. Yeah. It definitely is. is funny to see that he's like this, like, you know, he's a fish out of water again, but like now he's like legitimately like he's in a classroom setting. He's the new kid in class and like he's getting like, you know, 
uh, he's not getting the love and attention that he usually gets from everyone. So yeah. it was fun to see that. But you know what? As my daughter would say, wow, he takes a long time to eat cookies. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> let's get into no. our, I mean, our final segment. Is this the way where we rate the episode and dissect the episode? And our rating will be on a scale of 1 to 12 parsecs. Um, so the big thing here is, you know, Carl Weathers acted in the episode, directed the episode. Let's talk about Carl Weathers as a director in this episode. I'll be bringing up various points about this. So Taylor, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on Carl Weathers behind the uh, behind the camera? Carl Weathers uh, manning the helm, I thought was uh, great. I mean, you you've seen um, uh, a, a lot of people, like a lot of big names, they've had direct the show, and and it, and each episode has been significantly different um and each uh director has really put like in my opinion a a very personal kind of view on each episode and it's worked perfectly like they've all like um done a really great job with it so i feel like carl weathers is just another uh cog in this great machine that is the mandalorian and he did a great job he he, he nailed it um and i thought i thought he did uh, a perfect job lucas i don't know if you're Still with us or not? Um, uh, yeah, I feel like you keep laying back, and I'm like, "What is happening here?" It's it's screen? been a it's been a, I golfed this morning. Oh, uh, I I'm so sorry. So I'm, I'm, I'm a, so little, a little sorry. bit tired. You know, got to golf again tomorrow morning. I'm not so. going to tell you about uh. the absolutely shit day I had. <laughs> I <laughs> I, joke, I, okay, where did you where did you where did you golf? Is, uh, was I it golf. Ridgewood Country Club? Because if it's not, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> my golf in a lovely. My grandfather Lovely public built course in Essex. I'm a strict disc golfer. That's it for me. Ooh, Taylor, don't worry. Go. I was going to put that over later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what do you think about Carl Weathers being behind this episode as um, the director? Oh, it was great. I mean, it's the the set pieces. Like I said before, the set pieces were really cool. I really like his pacing. His pacing mm. was really incredible too. Yeah. The the humor, the action, the character development back to action, back to some sneaking around, right? There was there was tension, there was release. Um, he's got a good knack for storytelling. I think he, he really does. He's got a really good knack for the pacing of episodes. I think one of the things that I really liked was there were good moments, but then they didn't dwell on them. It was like, on to the next thing. Um, and I think I even remarked, and I immediately sent messages to Bill and Al, um, and remarked while watching the episode that it felt so incredibly 80s in its style, right? And it, it, it's not, it was like a couple of cheesy moments, especially the ending when they're like, you want to come down and have a beer? And he's like, I can't, I already got stuff to do. And then like flew away, right? Like that's, that's such like that quintessential 80s ending where it's like the bad guy's gone and the hero rides off yeah. into the sunset. You got other shit to do. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm dealing with my own onboard maintenance. Which is like, awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So like I really like it. I think I think this series, I like the different themes. I like that every director can put a stamp on it. And I think Carl Weathers just he stuck to what he knew. He executed it flawlessly. And he he just he rocked it. It was so much fun to watch. I felt like I was literally watching like predator or commando again for the first time where it's just this fun thing to sit down and enjoy 
Um, but uh, anyway, I thought like that was not as cheesy because I was like, oh man, that's like every parent has kind of been like, oh yeah, I can't come to this right now because I'm I got a kid. I am handling something else, and you don't say it as you know I have a kid. But um, you know, Carl Weathers, like I'm just looking up his direct uh, his. Uh, I was looking up his directorial credits because I'm like, oh, this got to be the first thing he's directed. Oh no, my friends! He oh is no, di- it's great. He has directed episodes of Renegade with Lorenzo Lamas, eight episodes of Silk of Stockings. If you watched Monday Night Raw in the early '90s, of course you know that show. Uh, Pensacola Wings of Gold, no idea. That is eighteen Wheels of Justice. I remember that being in syndication. Sheena, which was like. Uh, uh, the female Tarzan, yeah, remember that show possibly on the CW or the WB. Uh, a short called short called a burger and a bullet, uh, which I now need to watch, and an episode of Hawaii Five O. So this is not Carl Weathers' first rodeo, but this is let's face it, his most important thing he's ever done. And his I thought best rodeo, yeah, his his best his, his best rodeo. It was his eight seconds. It's a Luke Perry movie. Um, rest in peace. Interviewed on the Um, I was like, wow, Carl Weathers knows how to direct action really, really well. He knows how to direct CGI really, 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 really well. And he knows how to direct himself really well. Um, so, yeah, which is never easy. Sure. Like I can never, ex- I, I never feel like, I feel like it's underestimated that actors who star in stuff they direct, it's, it's not easy. It can't be easy. So for Carl Weathers to do that, especially in something as high, nothing I mentioned is as combined has the production value of the Mandalorian. So this is a very high leverage situation, a very high pressure situation. I thought it completely delivered. Um, Al, your thoughts on Carl Weathers as a director? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if any, if I have anything else to add because you never do. Lucas nailed it. Like he, he, his vision that he brought to the show was like a fun eighties action movie. Right. You know, and, and Al, really I have starts... to say the, the moment you were hoping for, the, it happens. Does it, the, does the muscly the handshake? It's not no, muscly. It's not muscly. It it's very, it's very camel. It was like a, it was like a forehand shake. Is that what you're mm-hmm. referring to? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's like it, a forearm shake. Yeah, yeah. Very very Star Warsian. I don't think they just do a traditional like high five sure. or handshake sure. in Star Wars. Uh, but, but yeah, imagine I, I that's a like missed moment. It, yeah. That's that's a lost moment. Imagine if they just if they had taken the second to actually zoom in on them shaking hands like that, I think it would have been great. Yeah, I, I unnecessary I as hell. Yeah. But great. Yeah, I just, I'm just a, I think yeah, just to, to like you know, kind of uh, mimic what Luke was saying. Like, I love that they're bringing in these high profile directors or first time directors, or, you know, someone who maybe has never gotten the, the, the platform like this before, like Carl Weathers to direct, you know, something this math massive. Um, and they are like free to kind of add their own spin to it. And it doesn't, I'm going to guess that Favreau just from years and years and years of being a part of, you know, the, the Marvel cinematic universe, cinematic universe uh literally launching it but also still being a part of it and watching other directors step in like shane black and the russo brothers is like 
Marvel's been doing this for like a decade. They they have uh, a certain way that they want to make the, their films, and then they bring in different directors with different takes, and they add their own little spin to this already well-oiled uh, machine. And that's what, you know, that's what Mandalorian is right now. You know, Favreau and Filoni have created this well-oiled machine where a Carl Weathers can come in or a Taika Waititi or I can't fucking wait, Robert Rodriguez. I, oh, I just can't even imagine cool. what that's going to look like. God, I can't like, wait. Yeah. They can't can wait. come in and deliver... Uh, and I, I didn't even mention Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow, I believe, is her name, who directed two of the best, including one of the best episodes of the yeah. series thus far. And Bryce like Dallas Howard. Howard. And Bryce Dallas Howard, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they're they giving these people a, a an hour to live in one of the most beloved series right. of all time. Franchises, yeah. not even. So, and they're crushing it. They're all crushing yeah, it. They're all crushing it because they're they're got the opportunity of a lifetime to, to make a, sure. you know forty five minutes of Star Wars. So let's like, let's, come on. let's talk but about. Oh, go ahead, Taylor. No, I was gonna say like that's the thing. Like you're given forty five minutes of Star Wars. Like we've seen it be be fucked up. Like we we're like you 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 have to be really good to to nail it. And they're all in John Favreau's credit, like, he, I, I don't know if he's the one who picks them or yeah, who picks them, much. but like, uh, I, I feel like, like he has a big hand in it. And, and, and to his credit, like, goddamn, like all these people can handle the shit that they're given and they, they do a great job with it. So let's talk about some of the more up to stay or maybe not fully fleshed out things. So there was a scene in this, uh, we'll get to the fuck up in a second. Uh, there's a scene in this where our heroes stumble upon these chambers. Uh, and there's these uh, nameless Empire guys who are like, destroy the database, don't let them find it. We see these, we see these, um, we see these people in these, or these beings, I should say, in this, yeah. in these vagina tubes. mouths. Yes. Yeah. So what are we seeing? <laughs> Taylor Allen, classic. Um, what do, what do you guys think we're seeing in these like basically test tubes? Uh, so, Lucas, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you are seeing uh, a few things. You're seeing the merger of the expanded universe, the legends, with canon. You're seeing a tie-in to the movies. You're basically seeing uh, Emperor Snoke in his uh, in his early stages there. Um, so real quick, because I could talk about this for hours. As um, we know you can. <laughs> yes. So there is a three-book series um, that George Lucas had said if he ever made a trilogy after the old trilogy, he would have made this book series by Timothy Zahn into, oh. um, a, into a trilogy. And for the life of me, now I cannot remember it. It's Grand Admiral Thrawn, and the, one of the subplots is um, Cloning Jedi. Uh, they cloned Luke. They added an extra U to his name, and he's like kind of batshit insane. Um, By the way, adding an extra vowel to anyone's name. Just, <laughs> come on, just yeah. try harder, please. But the the whole thing is essentially a way to clone the Emperor and bring him back. Because if you're a fan of the Dark Horse comics, you know the Emperor stored himself in a computer program, um, then eventually caused the real Luke to turn to the dark side. Um, but the idea was being that you could transfer the Emperor's consciousness into a body, which of course. Um, 
the Rise of Skywalker did. So what you're seeing in the Cloney Tanks is the Empire's first attempts to clone a Force-sensitive being to hold the consciousness of Emperor Palpatine. Um, and you're basically seeing the creation of, of the first run of Snoke. Right, because they obviously okay. want to clone Snoke to see if the body works. Then they'll add the Emperor's consciousness to it. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically what you're seeing, unless I missed something. So I'm not really going to add ask anyone else that question because that's why I went to you first. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, no, that's very awesome. important. That's very important that's awesome. because I originally was like, "Oh, that's Snoke." Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, can you also talk about the final shot we see of the episode? Where we see basically these like stormtroopers on roids, right? Yes, these are the, the HGH troopers. troopers, as I like to call them, because they <laughs> so all have the... big muscles but like kind of big stomachs at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So these are these are the dark troopers. Um, and actually, going back to Al's point, Al messaged me the doctor, Doctor, uh, what is it, Al? Afra. Dr. Afra. So she is apparently a robotics engineer who worked closely with Darth Vader. So the introduction of that character might actually make sense because the Dark Troopers uh, come in uh, four phases. But essentially what you're seeing is phase three of the Dark Trooper, which is um, in the... In the Legends oh, universe. I love this. I fucking <laughs> yeah, this, love this. This is why Lucas yeah. needed to be hey, on this listen, podcast. Listen, King. <laughs> King, continue on. <laughs> yeah. is... you're, you're welcome, everyone, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Al was like, Lucas needs to be on this episode. I, fucking, I yeah. need this in my life, please. <laughs> so in, in the Legends, um, the Dark Troopers are basically uh, robots that are designed to fight Jedi. They're, their armor's lightsaber resistant. They carry Viber Blades, which can block lightsabers. Are you um, shitting me? No. So they're, but, so they're introduced in the Legends after the Battle oh, of Yavin. Shit. They work their way up to what is now Phase 3, which in the Legends are cyborgs. They're old stormtroopers that are retrofitted with parts. But in this episode, it looks like what they're going with is the Star Wars Battlefront, which is canon version, which is that they're just beefy cyborgs based off of the super battle droid from the prequel trilogy. Um, With lightsaber-resistant armor, miniguns, rockets... um, vibro blades potentially and they're all wearing they all look like darth vader because the technology for these troopers is heavily based off of the suit that vader was given so that's why you see moff gideon wearing the vader style control panel because what he's really wearing is lightsaber proof armor which makes sense the vader is not a jedi but he's wielding the dark saber jesus christ that's a lot (laughs) of layers but my question (laughs) is Why didn't we see this in the the new trilogy? You know, the new trilogy then, because the new trilogy's awful. Okay, well, okay, <laughs> well, no. So, and the reason, so the reason you didn't see it in the new trilogy is because um, the new trilogy was uh, doomed doomed from the start um, because you had J.J. Abrams, who should never be involved as a director in anything. Um, okay, give me. <laughs> oh, give me the real, um, real. Come on. Yes. So the real, the real, real is that in a, in a movie that's designed to reboot a franchise, you can't go that deep into the lore, right? So no one's gonna sit through the exposition needed to make the dark trooper armor sure. make sense. But in a TV show, yeah, they will. Yes, and thirty it, minute chunks. That's where people, you want it. Yeah, right. That's why I thought Rogue One and Solo would have worked better as a show. As Yes, 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You can't just drop but robot Darth, Darth Maul at the end of a movie and then cancel the other two movies. But it shows <laughs> why those two those two side movies were so effective and so great. Mm-hmm. But because they were like, I mean, they did their thing. Like it was great. It was a good balancing act. It was a good balancing act between expanding the universe, introducing canon, sure. and being fun. Whereas yeah. I think the new trilogy couldn't find its voice. It couldn't find its tempo or its tone. Because um, Colin had, Trevorrow was taken out, and we saw we, the great work yeah, he did in I Jurassic saw, World. Like, I I saw it from different eyes as a as a dad. My six year old daughter watched it, and she was like blown away. And Ray was her girl, and it was a whole thing. And like oh, from yeah. that standpoint, I was like, this is the best uh, trilogy ever. Like this is great. Like, uh, but seeing it from my eyes, I was like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, was, I, th- I, I was like, wow, those first two movies are real good. That third movie, yeah. hmm, that's just trying to make uh, a lot of angry rough. boys happy. Yeah, even my <laughs> daughter was like, this third one sucks. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, Ruby knows. Man. She's she's legit. Um, so, wow, there's so much to unpack. So, I mean, given this information, uh, Taylor, like, or uh, we'll start with Lucas actually first. How much do you think we're actually going to see? Because I feel like this type of reveal is not just season two stuff. This is season mm-hmm. three, season four stuff. Like, how much do you expect to see in season two of, like, not just Snoke, but of all these dark troopers? So the the le- so the dark troopers are introduced, and I promise this is relevant. Are introduced um, in Star Wars Dark Forces, um, which, which is a video is a, game. Okay. Um, that also introduces the character of Kyle Katarn. Um, Who is a great quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Kyle Katarn is a really good character in the Legends. I'm hoping he'll be introduced, but I think what's more likely is you'll see the Dark Troopers introduced and you'll see a display of power a la the White Walkers at the oh. end of Season 5. Wow, okay. Very short. You'll see like a short sequence. You'll see Mando meeting Ahsoka Tano. And then you'll also see the regular Mandalorians again. Because the regular Mandalorians don't like the Jedi. The Jedi don't care for the Mandalorians. And then Moff Gideon has... So it's like this weird triumvirate, but it all revolves around essentially the lightsaber. So lightsaber-proof stormtroopers... uh, maybe one, potentially two Jedi, if you introduce Katarn, um, and then the Mandalorians, which don't trust the Jedi. So I think you're all building up for season three, which is like, um, which will be like the second siege of Mandalore, potentially, or even just, I mean, we this show is small scale, right? It's not huge. So, well, you're, uh, yeah, I guess. But you're, I think, I think you're likely to see an introduction of all these characters, an introduction of their abilities, um, and then, end of the season we come back next year with all these things introduced and then move the plot forward i kind of feel like we're getting a boardwalk empire type uh finale and mm-hmm. like and like which if people don't remember that show the first two seasons are chef's kiss after that meh, except for the finale which was i thought awesome thanks and uh so I could see it being a definite team up like we're gonna see timothy oliphant we're gonna see gina carano we're gonna see carl weathers like, we're going to see this whole, you know, Borwick Empire, DuckTales, like, all the That's good true. guys come together to face the bad guys, and this somehow will be around Mandalore, 
and or and so we're going to see the three Mandalorians we saw last episode. So I could see that happening for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Al, so I'm going to pitch over to you real quick. Um, what did you think about uh, Lucas's theory and Lucas's thoughts on the Dark Troopers, which we saw at the end of the episode, as well as Snoke? Um, okay, Lucas, I didn't ask you about that, actually, so sorry, Al. Um, do we see <laughs> any development with Snoke happening this episode, or is that going to be a little bit further down? No, that's that's end of season three material, I feel like. I feel like there's so many loose ends to tie up, and there's so much other content, and I think the Snoke stuff works best if it's almost in the background, I agree. Um, I agree. Where like it's just like if you were eagle eyed, you saw it. I mean, obviously the internet has both giveth and ruineth a lot of things, which about these little background pieces. You know, so you wake up the next day you. and and there's like an, a collider article about a Rolling Stone article about one tweet that someone fired off at like three in the morning. You know, so it's like Jesus Christ. That is wildly <laughs> oh, accurate. Yeah. Um so, <laughs> Al, what's your thoughts on Dark Troopers, Snoke, and all sorts of stuff that Lucas talked about. Uh, I believe in two things: uh, Harvey Dent and Lucas Jones. Anything <laughs> Luke, anything Luke usually says, I, uh, especially uh, no, not even especially, just most things. I usually tend to agree, or he forces me to agree, uh, just because of how well he argued it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, Convenient I'm super down for this. Answer. What did you say? The convenient political answer from Mal. I love you so much. Um, well, listen. No, specifically, I like, Luke is one of my best friends for uh, forever, and he is so knowledgeable in Star Wars lore, as you've heard so far, and this is just, like, the smallest glimpse inside yes, the mind of LPJ. Oh, um, I've so, gone deeper. It's, it's crazy. Like, I, I think I think that's a great way. I don't. I, maybe I don't necessarily agree that we're going to see all the loose ends that they need to. You know, like I don't think we're going to see Snoke. I think that's that's a bad call, yeah. mostly because I think they want to distance themselves from the, the new trilogy. Um, and but I will. I, I think we're going to see more of the, the Dark Troopers. I think that's awesome, and we're eventually going to end up on Mandalore again. Um, I think that's going to be the the big payoff if they have an ending in mind for this series, I think that would be a great way to build up to it. And like, I think there was times in the first uh, season where you thought, well, when is he going to, you know, give baby Yoda back to his people? Yeah. I don't think that's happening till the end, like the legit end yeah. of the series. Now he's too yeah. big a part of this show now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. I just, I, I want this to never end ever. Um, Cause it's so good. <laughs> But uh, going back to your original statement from this uh, section of the podcast, because God damn it, it's pretty late. Um, I will give For this you. episode eight, eight out of uh, 12 parsecs. Well, we're not getting to the rating part yet, buddy, but okay. Too so bad. That's my rating. <laughs> I'll give it an eight out of 12. I, I don't agree, but okay. Uh, Taylor, uh, your thoughts uh, on this. And of course, uh, Al, I'll, I'll respond to your stuff in a second. Uh, parsec rating? Is that what you're looking no, for? No, I'm just like, your thoughts on the Snoke reveal, like the Snoke, like Easter egg, I mean, the, what are we going to see anything with him this season? Are we going to see anything with the dark troopers this season? For me, it's like, um, uh, the, with the new series and the old stuff that they, that, I mean, clearly like you look at the old series and they brought Yoda 
into the 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 new series of this show. And then there was uh and there's all this Snoke business that might be happening. Uh, I think like hey, just keep going with like what you have um as far as like this show can exist again on its own. So like yes, we love seeing like little glimpses of people, but like I don't it, to, for me it's, it doesn't matter if Snoke shows up or not. Like I'm like happy that this show is so awesome and so good and uh and it I, I don't care who who ends up being on it. Like I like that it's 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 as good as it is. So uh keep Snoke I don't know. I wasn't crazy about Snoke in the new stuff. Like we I, sure. I don't know. I feel like it's fine like that he's not in it, but like it's cool. Like I I think it's a cool thing, but I'm happy that they would move past it. But uh besides that, I don't know. I I think that uh Snoke is Snoke can stay. I don't know. Okay. So, Taylor, start with you. A yeah. scale of 1 to 12 parsecs and, you know, give your defense of the episode. How sure. would you rate chapter 12? Chapter 12, uh, at first I, I talked to you, I had not fully watched the episode. Uh, I think I, 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 I watched it fully today and, and, uh, favorite the new, um, I'll give it a 10, uh, because there was like an episode or two last season that I liked more, but this was a really good one for me. Uh, the chase, um, in, uh, the, the, the shooting back and forth, uh, during the chase, I thought it was like a, an amazing sequence um, and the Mandalorian at the end showed up and saved the day. And I thought that was really cool because it's usually getting his ass saved by someone else. And I thought it was a, a nice flip. Um, and it was fun, man. It was a fun episode, like from beginning to end. Horatio Sands, great. Uh, everyone was great. Carl Weathers, I th- thought, did a great job. And I think from top to bottom, fantastic episode of the show. Al, an eight's a little low for you. Uh, so can you do, why would you go eight out of 12? Yeah, I, I think I was a little harsh on that. I'd probably stick in the, like the nine, nine ish range here. The reason being is, um, I, I said that, um, last episode was the, was the Bo-Katan episode. Yes, was. Yeah. That was such a, like super, super important. I gave that a 12 out of 12 parsecs. I you believe, did. Yeah, yeah. Because that was incredibly important on so many levels for the show. Um, you know, besides the introduction of, of Bo-Katan and the other two Mandalorians, we, we got to see the plot progress significantly. We got the, um, introduction, uh, of Ahsoka in, in the Mandalorian just by name, but still there were so many moments in that brief. It was, it felt very short that episode too. It was a, it was a very brief episode. Yeah. So with this episode, as much as I loved all of the Baby Yoda moments and uh, the moments with, um, you know, Mando's friends and being back on Navarro, I felt that the episode was delving into not not only a mission of the week, but a subplot of the overall uh, series. You know, the um, you know, the the cloning and, the you know, the experiments done on the child, like that's one aspect. It's not the main confrontation between, uh, Mando and, and, uh, uh, Moff Gideon. Um, I think the, ep- the previous episode set up so much more right. for what this show could be. And not just like, you know, what the potential ending of, you know, the, the whole thing with, 
with Moth could be. Um, I know it's it's a weird way to, to 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 rate an episode, but I just feel that this episode was so fun and um, had amazing amazing character moments, but. I can't rate it as high as previous episodes. It just because it, it just doesn't mean as much to me as you know last week's or or even you know the the Marshall. Of course, great defense, yeah. uh, Lucas. What do you got? Um, I have. I really really liked this episode. I for me, I think it's the best episode of the series. Um, the series, not just the, the series. Yeah, I, I think it it does everything it's set out to do. It does it in a great way that feels true to Star Wars and also feels true to cinema as a whole. You could feel the individuality of it, which is a criticism I have of um, some of the content that Disney Star Wars has put out, where it just feels mass produced and it doesn't really have a character, uh, a, a characteristic to it. So it def- I, I liked it for that respect. For aspiring writers out there if you ever want to see how to do a mid-season show this is that show like this is that episode it carries the beginning of the season it sets up the end of the season and it's not filler so you know i never give perfect ratings because perfection only lets you down so i give it an 11.5 oh such a bastard um damn but yeah, I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Like uh, everyone said, like I, I I liked the direction they took with Navarro. I thought Carl Weathers behind the camera was excellent. I thought his direction of action, big action pieces, especially given the episode he had directed before uh, on such a large scale, did such a great job with it. I thought he did such a great job bringing out like a new side of Cara Dune. I thought he did such a great job bringing out, obviously I've said before, the grandpa, the loving grandpa side of Grief Karga. Um, and uh, really no hang to just have fun with the child character, which was super cool. So I'm going to give this uh, a nine and a half out of 12. Um, the plot was not overly advanced, like much to Al's point, And I'm hoping we're going to see that next episode. I mean, we haven't heard much, if anything, about this episode. Like we said, Filoni's directing it. Hopefully Ahsoka. You know, the Mandalorian has done a lot of big things, like, post-Thanksgiving. So let's let's see what it happen, What happens there. So, yeah, really enjoyed this episode. So, Guys, oh, do, we, do we mention the, 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 the genes? I mean, I, I feel oh, like we shit, did. We did not mention yeah. the, the big gaffe. So, Taylor, if anyone is going to bring it up, go for it. So like I, I sent you guys in the in the group message that we're all in, but uh, someone had made a, uh, um, a, 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 a a an action figure of this character in this show, but someone uh, slipped by in editing, and their jeans were kind of shown uh, in <laughs> like a, a Star Wars show. So yeah, insane. so basically, like the Game of Thrones Starbucks cup yes. moment, yes. <laughs> there is a scene where Cara Dune and Carga Grief are where in the Mandalorian are shooting their way into through the base, and a whomever production staff member in his uh, you know he's just hang- he's chilling he's in his acid wash jeans and <laughs> white t shirt probably a Molson t shirt he got somewhere from a bar promotion in Canada somewhere. Um, only just remembering because my dad had a Molson shirt for some damn reason. Um, basically kind of caught half of him on a shot. So, um, 
it happens, man. It, I mean, it, it, it's a good moment, and I'm glad Taylor that you brought it up because it's just like people are just. I don't think it was as egregious as the Game of Thrones Starbucks Cup because it's literally in the scene, but it's like kind of like a split second, you know, frame moment. Lucas, was this a, a make or break deal for you? Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's the the problem with the Starbucks Cup is like. It's literally right on the table like it is. And it's the Starbucks cup wasn't even the only issue. There was the water bottle in that dumb final like tribunal scene where they just like, okay, so I'm not going to get into it. There's a water bottle. There's a Starbucks cup. Let's those... <laughs> talk Game of Thrones. <laughs> we have mentioned Game of Thrones a few do, times. Do on this you podcast. guys have six more hours to talk about how much I hate Game of Thrones? <laughs> um, can, well, I mean, I could I could argue the first number of seasons um, with you, then that last season I can't really. I can argue up until the last minute. I loved every <laughs> second of it. But I I understand the hatred. Yeah, I think I think those two instances were a product of lazy direction on set. Where this is sure. like one of those things that like it it was a, a weird ca- it was like a secondary camera angle probably that got the shot yeah it happens man like yeah. you know it's just it it's just kind of like fun. a zillion movies yeah 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 how many boom mics have we seen in shots of sure. movies we love sure. Al mm-hmm. anything you want to add to that to the uh, jeans gate uh no and I think and I think with the uh, the Starbucks cup they were able to remove it right for like on demand and stuff I feel like they could probably do the same thing with. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm if I'm those I mean, guys, I'm leaving it in the Star Wars experience for me. If that's what you're asking, um, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, as to why I mean, <laughs> but so many people, it, everything ruined. Like the little thing were ruined stuff for everyone. It's just utterly ridiculous at this point. Everyone, hey, it's Thanksgiving time. 2020 has been a piece of shit year. Enjoy stuff. Enjoy <laughs> jeans, guy. Oh, listen, enjoy acid wash jeans guy so guys that is our talk about the, the mandalorian this this episode so we're going to get into a our, our brief final segment which is music 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 in a time of quarantine because i do it into the cantina theme because i sing everything because we don't want to ever pay royalties or get sued um so guys basically this segment is something we're recommending um for you know, whether it's a new song or it's a song that's getting us through this ridiculous year and this ridiculous time of uh, COVID-19 quarantine. So, Taylor, um, what's a song uh, that you're recommending to people for this episode? Oh, man. Um, today, I on my on my um, Instagram, Taylor Allen USA, I, I put a uh, – it's called Yodel Beat. Um, it's from the Trolls 2 soundtrack, which I've been Shit. watching a lot with my kid. Yes, I know. Uh, it's a yodel. You know, I know that you know, like, obviously know what I'm talking about. But, like, it's a yodel song. I really enjoy it. We listen to it a lot at my house. It's a fun beat. It's a fun song. Uh, that one I like. But in reality, uh, RTJ, uh, that and the new uh, Death by Stereo record, which I uh, the name escapes me. But, uh, yeah, the new run of the Jewels is great. So that that I would recommend besides the new Trolls uh, Yodel Yodel Beat song. If you had to pick, sorry, so you broke up just a little bit on that part. So if you were to pick sure. a song from the, the new Run Jewels record, what would it be? Uh, oh, God. Um, I, the song with the Zach De La Roca um, is a super fun one for me. But I think uh, 
Oh gosh, I think like even the single I, "Ooh La La" is that is that what it's called? Yes, it is. That I think is is perhaps my favorite song on the record. Uh, although I love the record from front to back, um, that song is 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 it's a top notch song. Lucas P. Jones, what sort of metal deliciousness are you going to recommend for us at this episode? <laughs> uh, well, I've I've actually got. Uh, in traditional Lucas P. Jones form, uh, since I'm not on the podcast all the time, I've got two real quick for you. Uh, I've rediscovered an old album of mine, um, Avenged Sevenfold's Waking the Fallen. Um, incredible. Like, Avenged Sevenfold peaked there, and it's been a slow, steady decline ever since. Briefly spiking back up post-recession with, um, oh gosh... Oh back no! Country. I'm gonna leave yes, backcountry. Thank you. Yeah. Um, with that, with that whole album, but yeah. I will make a recommendation of a band that I've really gotten into lately. They're not new. Um, they have some new music out. They have like a new single. T W R P, pronounced twerp. Um, they are an electro synth funk band that has a change are. in direction around like 2011 their older stuff is like very very funky and their new stuff is like a little more synth heavy but all of it is really really good the two songs i'd recommend um to get you into it are synthesize her and groove crusaders Uh, groove crusaders is like their older stuff which is like a little more kitschy but like still a lot of fun and then synthesize her has the most sumptuous bongo breakdown of Jesus all time it is Christ. if your head, if your head <laughs> doesn't bop you might be dead um can i quickly uh dial back to my uh whatever my yeah pick was run the jewels you got it, uh i just want to say well, the christmas time is coming around and we are listening to a lot of christmas stuff in this house and uh I don't know if you guys are a fan or like, do you guys do Christmas music in your house or is it? Yeah. Yes. JD McPherson has the best Christmas of all time. Uh, It's called socks. It is like front to back, like the best Christmas record you will ever hear. It's, it it is. I have to listen to it. It's the the best man. It's a, it's so good. It's, it's, uh, we live, we've listened. It's, it's great. I don't know. That's all I have to say. It's JD McPherson socks christmas record listen to it it's great alfonso Rivera, what do you got for me okay so bill you're gonna hate this one you're oh, gonna it's it. fucking okay. phoenix or coldplay it's, it's not it's neither but congrats to coldplay for uh, album of the year and which, for the grammys <laughs> which up? you told me over facebook messenger my response was coldplay had a record this year yeah <laughs> well i guess it's technically last year but still weird um okay so this one's a fun one. So the number, uh, the, the sorry, the, the the number one song of the week was the best selling song of the week because they still track that even though yeah whatever yeah. Um, made uh, I believe thirty thirty eight thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah, so it racked up thirty eight thousand Billboard eligible paid downloads. Oh. Um, I'm only saying this because it's super weird. The song was only available for 24 hours on Bandcamp. You cannot listen to it on Spotify or any of the streaming platforms. Um, it's a cover of a classic song, uh, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. 
uh, Phoebe Bridgers and Maggie Rogers, who Ooh. also both landed their first hot 100 hits with this 24-hour cover of Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. It is uh, very great. Um, if you're a fan of Phoebe Bridgers or Maggie Rogers, uh, you'll both know awesome. that they're both awesome. Exactly. Um, the cover is really cool. It's a very stripped-down version of, of Iris. And, uh, yeah, um, again, I just I thought it was funny that it was both of their first time on the Billboard Hot 100. It was a song that was only available for 24 hours. It was for charity that they did it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it became the best-selling song of the week, which is pretty crazy, too. So, uh, yeah, love that track. So, originally, I was going to pick a Drop Murphy's Christmas song for my pick of the week. Uh, but Taylor Allen tweet, tweeted out something today, talking about a band that you and I both love, and a yep. band that I found out that... Um, Longtime guest of this Mando series, Ken Grandpierre, is a big fan of River City Extension. Yes. River City Extension is the reason Pop Break went to Asbury Park, is the reason yes. we were covering a whole bunch of stuff down there. Um, I swear to God, I would have laid all the money in the bank I have that they were going to be the next big thing, but unfortunately never came to pass. Pop Break's first Christmas show ever, we did have the lead singer, Joe Michelini, who was a friend, uh, and his band, American Trappist, play our show. But uh, River City Extension was a very special band for Asbury Park and did play a number of Stone Pony shows. Uh, Thanksgiving Eve was like Thanksgiving the, Eve was yeah. one of their big shows for, I believe, about three years. And Yeah, uh, Stone took, Pony. The first time I ever saw them was opening for Nicole Atkins on Thanksgiving yep. Eve at the Stone Pony. And I was like, this is a scene I need to be covering and that um, them me doing that changed uh, not only this site but my life personally. As I was able to do shows there, we've covered tons of shows there, and so uh, it's not on Spotify, but I think it's on Amazon Prime, and I think you could find it on iTunes as the record. Uh, River City Extension in the Unmistakable Man. Um, is a record that came out during the height of that Mumford and Sons, Stetsons and Vests era. So good. It's one of my favorite records of all time. Yeah. Uh, I think I've bought it two or three times. Uh, they have a record after that that I listened to in 2011, um, Don't Let the Sun Come Down on Your Anger, yep. uh, which I can only listen to once because it came out right at the time my dad passed away and it reminds uh. me of him. But this record is this crazy, upbeat, folky, freak folk, banjo and folk and it's, rock and pop. It's a pop perfect record. record. It's so good. It, it reminds me of a, a bygone time. And Something Salty, Something Sweet is just this crazy anthem that takes you back 10 years ago to a different time, a different world. If you're from the Asbury Park music scene, you know exactly what I'm talking about, Taylor. I know you do. And yeah. um, if you don't, it'll take you back to that time. What I mentioned with like Mumford and Sons. If you and don't, them. if you don't, go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, if you don't, go educate <laughs> yourself on this band because oh, it's yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. wonderful. I don't think any record they produced after this would ever be as good. Um, and hopefully one day we'll get a reunion show, and hopefully one day I'll produce that show. Uh, but um, and I'm going to try and make that happen. But yeah, River City Extension, something salty, something sweet. I can remember sitting there in the Stone Pony listening to Good them one. in 2011, talking to Billy O'Brien, Greg Perillo, 
race. Oh, and, God. Uh, Bill Sauer and a few other people. And I said, I have seen the future of music and it's River City Extension. These guys are going to be huge. Unfortunately, never happened. But maybe someday, one day, uh, they will reunite. And that was one of my favorite songs. And it always reminds me of Thanksgiving. So that is my song recommendation uh, for this episode. So, guys, we're, we're going to wrap it up. We've all drank a lot. It's almost Thanksgiving. Taylor Allen, plug your social media. As Lucas just like rises like from like a like like Dracula from a coffin on video. I don't know what he's doing. He's probably talking to his girl, girlfriend or something, or falling asleep. Um, Taylor, tell us where people can find your podcast. People, where oh find yeah, you on social media where they can find your comedy. Plug your stuff, man. Sure. Uh, my na- uh, my name is Taylor Allen. I, I you can find me on social media at Taylor Allen U. USA, I think, is most of my things. I make pictures. I did. I I paint these these pictures, which no of, one can see uh, on an audio podcast. But... Fruit and vegetables, um, and uh, I uh, I do a podcast called Calling the Shots, and I do another podcast called uh, Hun Take My Side with my beautiful wife, who has her own podcast called uh, Hello Thoughts, which is actually better than any of my podcasts. So, um, so Taylor, maybe. so. Let's plug your art. Where can people find that if they really want? Great guests. Where can people find your art? Uh, and just, where can people uh, and where can people buy it? Possibly. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, T A Art Things on Instagram is uh, you could you could find all that stuff there, and uh, yeah, and 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 watch the Mandalorian. Jesus, Louisus. And where can people listen to your podcasts? Uh, if you go to iTunes or Spotify or anywhere, you could find Calling the Shots. Um, it's a sports-ish comedy. It's mostly comedy. It's, we don't we don't talk much sports, but um, it's a it's a really fun podcast, and uh, you could find that on Spotify as well as Hun Take My Side, um, Spotify, kind of iTunes. You know the the podcast places that you find your things. And where can your wife's podcast be found on too? Because it is uh, really Hello miserable. Thoughts as well as is is on the the iTunes uh, and and I think it's on Spotify. But uh, go to the iTunes and find Hello Thoughts. Uh, it's it's fun. It's a good it's a good one. Lucas P. Jones. Uh, well, if you want to see all of my perfectly curated pro New Jersey content you can go to my twitter at l jones 1138 it's also the forum i use to yell at various public officials within major league baseball um, <laughs> oh, yeah. also this podcast too <laughs> oh, yeah. um my instagram is at brewdown sally it's hockey cooking and beer whiskey various travels but if you want to see hockey content uh, you can go to at the underscore Dan K show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow mine and my friend Dan K's travels throughout this junior hockey, collegiate hockey world. Um, you can also hire us through those social media channels. We do more than hockey. We have done uh, football. We've done cross country, lacrosse. Uh, we have not done a chess match yet, but we would be more than happy to. We've broadcasted a cheerleading tournament. We were Bad at it. Don't hire us for that. Uh, <laughs> I would really love for you to to, uh, <laughs> to call Taylor and I playing chess. That's I'm in. I, I'm in. For I that. was on the chess team That's in high school, fun. and my instructor didn't let us do commentary for the chess match. I'm super upset. We will do color commentary for a wedding, though. I feel like that's Ooh, something where Bill we could maybe team up good. with you. As all of this is good, and and really make something cool happen. 
Al, if you're still with us, where can people find you on social media? <laughs> My God. Um, you can follow me at Al Manorino on Twitter and Instagram. I swear I'm going to start posting on Instagram more. I was a photographer at one point. And then Twitter, uh, just, you know, mostly gushing about the Mandalorian and, uh, you know, the return of democracy. Retweeting your favorite (laughs) Uh, celebrities. Um, Yes. As for me, I am Bodkin Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. It's mostly wrestling. Sorry. Or I'm also like Al, yelling about democracy. Um, It's fine. Yeah. You got to live your life. Um, But most importantly, every day, check out thepopbreak.com. We're posting content about movies, television, um, music, comic books, pro wrestling, and we just launched Digital Trends, our brand new section talking about podcasting, talking about YouTube creators, talking about all things happening on the internet in relation to pop culture. Of course, we've also been doing a lot with video games as well. We just reviewed the new Spider-Man game on there. Check that out. At popbreak.com, all spelled out on Twitter, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook, uh, at the popbreak on Instagram. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Google Podcasts. Just search for Socially Distanced. We also have a great television feed. It's called Pop Break TV. Same platforms. We also have the Breakcast, which is available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, so, yeah. And uh, hey, it's Thanksgiving time. Pandemic's not over. Stuff's really, uh, stuff's intense. So if you have a couple extra bucks, donate to your local food bank. There's a lot of people who are going to need help this season and help in this holiday season because, you know, shit's really rough and our government has not done the best job. I don't care who's in charge, has not done the best job in helping everyone in need. Uh, so on that note, (laughs) um, for my salty managing editor, who's always reluctant to talk to me, Al Manorino. For the Chewbacca of this uh, podcast, Lucas P. Jones, who has to edit this podcast in like 10 minutes. And for the illustrious and luscious Taylor Allen. My name is Bill Bodkin. Thank you so much for joining us for nine months of the Socially Distanced Podcast. We had a baby.